There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Rumors aren't always the best source of information. But in cases like today's story, a rumor can sometimes be the one thread connecting a tangled web of mystery and lies. On October 3rd, 1971, a boy was born who would go on to spread a rumor about his family. A rumor that, when it finally reached authorities, led to a vicious crime scene and a devastating arrest. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. When it comes to high school, rumors can run the gamut from harmless to completely shocking. In February of 1988, a rumor made its way throughout Lourdes Roman Catholic High School and somehow to the school's administration and on to police. What was this rumor? That sophomore David Brom, born October 3, 1971, had just killed his entire family. David had shown up at school on the morning of February 18, 1988, with freshly dyed black hair, shaved sides, and spikes gelled up at the top, telling his friends that he was going to kill his parents that night. A second rumor started the next day when he told another student that he had completed the unspeakable act the previous night. At first, it all seemed completely far-fetched, especially considering David's medical record, which included severe depression and at least two suicide attempts. But just to be safe, the administration at the school passed the information along to the police, who then went to the Brom home only to find a gruesome crime scene the likes of which Cascade Township, Minnesota, had never seen. Still in their pajamas were the bloodied bodies of 41-year-old Bernard Brom, his 40-year-old wife Paulette, 14-year-old Diane, and 9-year-old Rick, all of which had been slaughtered with an axe earlier that morning. I would like to take a second to note that the ages of each victim varies depending on the source. From the look of the scene, police deduced that Bernard and Rick were killed first, and then the women, who likely came at the sounds of screams. The only surviving members of the family was an older brother who did not live at home, and David Brom. David, who was nowhere to be found when the investigation initially began, leading investigators to worry that he was abducted, was arrested the next day after calling a friend from a payphone near the post office. He admitted to killing his family because he was, quote, having trouble with his father over music that he was listening to. The friend, who would later testify during his trial, said that David convinced her to skip school and hang out with him. At that point, he told her how, after a fight late the night before, he, quote, hit his dad with an axe and kept hitting him when his dad continued to try and get up. When he was sure his father was dead, he went into his parents' room and attacked his mother and then his brother. When he was finished, he saw his sister standing over their mother's body and ended her life as well. When he was finished telling her this story, the, the pair went back to her house, he changed his clothing, and they went to Kmart to buy some clippers and some gun. After getting caught by her mother, the pair went back to school where the rumor about what happened to the Brom family started to spread. During his 15-minute arraignment, David Brom sat calmly as he was charged with four counts of first-degree murder and eight counts of second-degree murder. He did not enter a plea and was instead ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation. 
According to the testimonies made at trial, David believed his life was so horrible that killing his family seemed to be the only way to make things better. Though with the exception of this little tidbit, there is very little in the way of motive when it comes to the family annihilation. According to some, Bernard was a strict disciplinarian and both parents were extremely religious, even theorizing that there may have been some minor abuse happening in the household. None of this has ever been corroborated and many believe David's testimony is likely exaggerated. Despite the fact that he was just 16 years old at the time of the murders, David's case was sent to the adult judicial system based on its severity. His lawyers argued insanity and mental illness, but the jury rejected the claim, and on October 16, 1980, he was convicted of first-degree murder and given three consecutive life sentences. He is currently sitting behind bars at the Minnesota Correctional Facility in Stillwater and will be eligible for parole when he turns 70. When the sentencing was finished, the judge retired to her chambers and cried over the tragedy and David's wasted life behind bars. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on October 4th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.